Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for being here with us on the Visual Lounge. We hope if you're watching live, that's awesome. If you're listening to the podcast or watching the recording afterwards, we're also glad that you're here because we've got really good information that we hope to be able to convey to you today. And we're really grateful that we get the chance to share this information. So today, in our 10-week series of creating tutorial videos, we're gonna be talking about one of, I think, one of the most key components, audio. And how do you go about getting whether perfect or just even good enough audio to make your tutorials really good? Because we know, and I'll just say it now, and our guests can argue with me or tell me how right I am later, we know that bad audio means people will not watch your video. So before we get into that though, just remember if you find something useful during this episode or another episode of the show, go ahead and tag me, Matt Pierce or Matthew Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, on LinkedIn, wherever you might find me or tags TechSmith. Just share what you learned. We'd love to hear from you and the great things that you're learning because it helps us know if we're doing and talking about the right stuff. So let's get started. Let's introduce our today's guest. Jake Petchel is the product strategist for Camtasia and Audiate and has been with TechSmith for about seven years. Prior to that, he spent a number of years in the mobile and casual game space and has worked on digital transformation in the nonprofit spaces. He has an education and education and background in audio engineering, is an avid audiophile and music collector. And I personally have spent a number of events and after events hanging out with Jake as, as one does on business trips. And I find Jake is someone who has really solid thoughts and opinions and just a, a sense of humor that is witty and intelligent. And man, has a guy got style. Uh, and I, I may be completely envious of his hair, but that's because I just have none. And so his is pretty awesome too. But most of all, I love chat, chatting with Jake because at the end of the conversation, I always feel like I'm more knowledgeable. Uh, and at least in my face, he hasn't told me how fantastically dumb my thoughts are. So that's always a bonus. With that, I'd like to welcome Jake to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Jake. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Now, there's there's a lot in here. We're going to start really heavy and hard with the first question here, Jake. Is there such thing as perfect audio for video? Oh, it's so subjective. Audio is like one of the most subjective things in the world. Um, and it, I can tell you that just as an avid music fan, right? So some people will say something is great and some people will hate it. Um, but I don't know if there's perfect audio, but there's always better audio. Like that's, that's kind of the quest of, of crafting audio, whether it's a voiceover or a song or whatever, we're always just sort of in pursuit of improving that audio. So I feel like there's a lot we can do. It's one of those things. I don't know if we can ever attain perfect, but perfect maybe gets the job done. So, you know, the definition of perfect, very fluid. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that because I think I know you have a lot of opinions about audio and the tools that you work on are, you know, you're focused on audio pretty heavily. Can can we define like 
are there clear lines, I guess what I'm trying to say, are there clear lines between bad audio and good audio without defining what good audio is? Or like, are there things that just clearly make you think that's not good audio, that's not going to work for maybe whatever purpose you have? Yeah, I, you know, um, for me, I like I'm always so focused on clarity before anything else. So just like getting a really good uh, recording and, you know, get make sure I'm getting the right um, levels and uh, just the basics, just make it very clear. So everything that I'm saying is easily understood. Um, and, you know, just kind of in, in the pursuit of that, that clarity, um, you want also consistency, I think, is another thing to sort of look for there. So, you know, throughout the, the video or the recording, um, making sure my, my um, levels are consistent across videos and across pieces of media, you know, you kind of want there to be a very consistent level of audio so that if your audience is listening to things in a series, they're not having to basically, uh, you know, ride the fader so they don't get blown out eardrums when the next video comes on because your first one was really quiet and next one was really loud. Um, those things are, are super distracting, uh, you know, things that we want to eliminate. And then I would say like the last thing, um, I, I kind of, it's like a three C's thing for me. So there's clarity, consistency, and then candy is like everything else on top. Uh, you know, like, uh, try sweetening the voice a little bit. That's why, I, why I call it candy. Plus it fits into that, that three C's thing nicely. So I think just because I know there's probably somebody saying sweetening, uh, okay, clarity, consistency, that makes sense. But what the heck did you just tell us, Jake? So like, how would you define sweetening? I have, a, I have an idea of what it might yeah. mean, but what about for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of us practically these days are recording on the equipment that's in our devices, right? We don't have recording studios at home. Um, and some of us, uh, you know, we, some of us might be lucky to have a decent microphone. Um, but for the most part, you're always going to have your laptop mic with you or your phone mic. And sometimes those can sound, um, what I would, would say is like a little thin. And so sweetening in, in a, a application like that might be just like filling out the sound a little bit, putting a little bit more low end and giving you more of that authoritative tone. Um, or maybe even trying to match a little bit to how you sound in your head, which is, of course, what a lot of people expect that that recording is going to sound like. Uh, and when they first listen to their voice back, it's pretty surprising that you don't sound anything like you sound in your head. And there's lots of reasons for that. But we can there are tools that maybe help us get a little bit of that back, that fuller, bigger sound. And that's really what I think a lot of people are pursuing when they're trying to sweeten their voice a little bit. So you, you raise a really good point, right? Like there's all these things that you can do and there's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Audiate later as a tool and then there's other, plenty of other tools that can do some of this stuff. So uh, and, and I mentioned in your, your introduction that, and I didn't know this about you, Jake, I didn't know you had an, an audio engineering kind of background for, for whatever it is. Um, but I feel like there's probably a lot of us who are intimidated by audio because it feels like I need to have an audio engineering background to understand all the things that I might do to make my audio sound better, to sound more like what's in my head voice, but help, help us understand, like, do you need to be at that level or like, are there one or two things, three, I don't know, maybe there's just a few things that if you understand maybe phrase A, phrase B, you're going to be better at this because I, I worry about this, right? Like for a lot of the things that I do or even the people I work with, they don't have time to become an audio engineer. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot. It, it, it's almost like a whole 
new half to when you're creating content. When you first start making video, maybe you're not thinking about audio as much because uh, you're really just getting the feel of getting your visuals right and maybe delivering your message uh, correctly and um, just trying to get the, the lay of what a nonlinear editor can do and, and manage all the tracks. There's, already, there's so much there just as a beginner of making any kind of video content. And then when you start to care about the audio, maybe you want to cut out some mistakes or something like that, you can dive into the deep end so fast. And there are a lot of tools out there, and a lot of them are really powerful and super flexible, which is very cool. Um, but if you're just trying to correct a little bit of voice over audio, do you necessarily need to jump into the deep end of something that can record a full Grammy-winning album? Probably not. And so being faced with all those options, it's almost like the first time, you know, a lot of users might open up Camtasia or another video editor when they're, they're going to make their video content. If you think back to that first time and all the options and buttons uh, and controls and various sliders, just, you know, you could double that the minute you dive into starting to edit audio in a dedicated application. Um, so, yeah, just keeping things like approachable and simple, I think, is really key. Um, and, you know, basically getting that clean signal in the first time, like just getting a decent recording um, is is like the number one thing you can do. And you can you don't necessarily have to be a pro for that. Yeah, I, it, you know, it makes me think and sorry for a, a little story here, but I, I had a, a personal project I was doing around the Christmas holidays and I, I, I did not have clean signal on part of the video I made. And I went out and I did find a plug in and it was really super expensive. Luckily, they had a trial that I could use to, to to actually clean this. It was just for very personal uses. It wasn't anything big, and yeah, uh, and it was amazing what they could do with bad signal. And but it, but the price tag, I can't afford personally, and so it's it's amazing what's out there. But I, I want to talk about the clean signal stuff because I think that's really interesting. And for anyone, I, just to translate for a second, that's just like you said that good getting in that pure recording as clean as possible. What mistakes are people making, Jake, do you, do you think that they could avoid getting good signal or good, clear audio? Because obviously there's post stuff you can do. You can fix things up. Like you said, you oh, can yeah. cut things out. You can sweeten it. But if it all starts there, what, what mistakes should we be avoiding? Yeah, uh, great question. And again, just like in video, kind of the more that you do to prepare, the less you have to do on the back end. So... Um, you know, what a lot of people often do is, uh, first and foremost, they don't really know how to address the microphone. So uh, whether it's laptop mic or uh, I have an overhead mic that is off camera, um, but, you know, people, they might move around and that changes the audio. Um, and they might talk and just turn their head and do those sorts of things. So addressing them is a big step number one. Um, step number two is just, you know, have that sort of like even tone. Don't try to be overly dynamic unless, of course, you're trying to be very dramatic, loud, quiet, loud, if you're recording a, <laughs> like the grunge style of voiceover. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just having like a good even tone, addressing the mic really well, um, not being in a noisy, like busy space is, is a really obvious one. But sometimes we don't always have control over that. So, you know, thank, thank goodness, like you said, there are lots of plugins to help. But the more we can avoid upfront, the better the results of even those plugins will be. Because there's only, you know, a lot of them are absolutely magic. 
but there are only certain distances uh, they can take like really bad recordings to pretty decent recordings. You might be able to salvage you, but they might not be able to take you to something that was like maybe your ideal. Yeah. Well, thinking about the uh, addressing the mic, the the one thing I see, and I'll, I'll just use my phone as an example, people will often talk into it incorrectly, like the way it's <laughs> yes. just, like where the pickup is, and, and I see this with the Blue Yeti in particular, is they'll talk into it like it's a, a like a, a microphone that you hold, and it's not, the pickup's on the front of it. So, and I, but I love that too, right? Like busy spaces, and of course, a lot of us working from home, it's a difficult thing if you got kids or whatever they're, you know, one of my tips is there is eliminate everything. Find a closet, find a, a small place where there's lots of soft spot. I, I saw one comment come through. Uh, apologize, I can't, I, I didn't pay attention. Fa- you know, trying to do all things here. I just mentioned, you know, they're in a space and their space isn't treated. And so they get some noise and some echo. And it feels like there's all these things are worth their weight in gold. If you can do that, that's just less you have to do at the end. And you don't, you don't have yeah. to have other tools. Totally. And, you know, I think, of course, once you consult the internet with any of these topics, things can get wild quickly, right? And so most people, when you go out and say like, you know, how do I help treat my room uh, to record uh, audio, you might run down a pretty deep rabbit hole of all kinds of studio setups that are just overkill for you. I mean, if if you look around uh, my room, it's a functional room also. Uh, so I, I'm not really going to put up a bunch of curtaining and bass traps and all kinds of stuff. But there are like little things that you can do. Um, you know, my situation, our house is over 100 years old. So it's not an ideal recording environment for anything except for maybe late night spooky soundtracks. But <laughs> if you're just like recording voiceover audio, uh, it, every room in here is like hard surface. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people would say those are beautiful hardwood floors. And I would say, yes, but they sound terrible. Um so just like doing something simple, like I put a rug down, um, a little like less intrusive things like um, some of these uh, just little foam uh, squares you can pick up off of uh, tons of retailers online. I've actually got that behind um, my microphone right now to stop the echoes coming back and for the microphone to pick those things up in the back. Um, and that that stuff helps furniture football scarves soccer scarves if you've got a lot of them i could probably use a few more um but yeah you nailed it with the the reason the closet sounds so great is because it's just like so sound dampened in there and there's no real square surfaces anywhere um i've, I've even heard some people at TechSmith perhaps go into their car and take a small microphone with their phone or their laptop uh because it's just a great recording environment filled with lots of soft surfaces and it's like you know, if it's a newer car, it might be really quiet. Um, so those are all like tricks that people do to to get that that real buttery voiceover. Well, I, I, I the car actually is an amazing place to record if you don't have a lot of outside noise. I may have at one point in my life recorded a podcast series while Listen, driving. Listen, I didn't around. want to out you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's probably still. It should be still out there, maybe someplace. But. Um, I want to read. I want to share with a couple of comments that are coming in from the from the audience here. Jake, uh, Angela said that uh, something that hurts my ears is when people are using Apple ear, earbuds in their beard or hair causes a rough sound. I hear that. I turn it off or mute. Yeah, what a, what a a common thing, right? Just those little noises. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes people try to work in. I mean, as we're all sort of now thrust into working in strange environments or from home. 
Sometimes we want a little change of scenery. I've gotten some videos and seen some videos from people where they're like on the deck recording audio, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be a beautiful setting for you, but not ideal for your listener. So, you know, here in the boats, the wind sound, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, or even, you know, there's, it's pretty easy to participate in like a zoom call or something like that from a walk, but you might not be aware of like the sound that that's generating on the other side. So yeah, those little things totally agree. It just becomes something I focus on and I usually can't let it go. So I'm I'm hundred percent with Angela's comment there. Well, it's, it's so easy maybe to recognize the big sounds, but it's, you don't realize the, even wind rushing across the microphone. Cause you can't, you don't get to hear those things. You don't get to, like my hair, if I don't have hair, but if it did ru- rush across a microphone, you don't hear those things. Cause it doesn't send your own audio signal. You're not monitoring your own audio signal. So it's something just to be, I think as a recorder, probably to be really aware of, uh, we do have a, a yeah, question, Jake those- Gar- um, But just to finish that, you know, I see a lot of people who use like kind of a non-traditional or a headset microphone or something like that, or AirPods are another great example. But yeah, good, really good thing to be cognizant of, of of where that is. Some people will address, they'll, they'll put a headphone mic like much too close to their, to their mouth. And it it picks up all kinds of like clicks and um, might rub against, in my case, might rub against the beard. Uh, So yeah, like those are just great things to be. Uh, mindful of. Yeah, I always try to do the the the, the distance this distance to the microphone, and I'm I'm almost there. That's a good you know, trick. Yeah, good trick. It's it's, uh, it's so helpful. Well, Garth on YouTube was asking, what is the best resource to read to quickly get up to speed on producing good or great audio? Do you have any? And oh, we'll open it up because reading about audio, I think, is one of those things that's hard to do. Like, unless you want to get really nerdy, at least my experience has been. But any resources you have on for help people get better at audio? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot out there in terms of resources. Uh, TechSmith has some of those. Um, but, you know, searching certainly will help you find a lot. Uh, and it can be really overwhelming. But there are um, there are dedicated blogs to... Uh, like home studio recording, um, which is probably still a little overkill, but it's going to be, you know, a little more attainable advice. Um, there are tons of blogs about recording voiceovers. I would just be really explicit in your searches. Otherwise, you can, uh, you know, there's a lot of applications of audio that are massive overkill for what most of our users are going to be trying to do because we're trying to balance a job of like creating content and getting some of this stuff out the door. So we can't necessarily. Uh, you know, we have to balance like quality with time, right? Um, so I, I wouldn't want you to go down too much of a rabbit hole with that stuff, but but there are a ton of resources out there. Um, but yeah, usually um, know your gear is another really good way to like if you if you kind of search if you know you have a specific microphone and you search around that, you'll find people who absolutely have very similar applications, very similar setups. And getting their tips and tricks and placements and just, you know, some, maybe some of their settings and things like that, hugely, hugely helpful. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I, and I, I think uh, if I can make a plug here, if you're really getting started, and Garth, you might be well beyond this, but if you're really getting started, we do have an, in the TechSmith Academy, there is a course about getting good audio in the environment that you're in. And we cover a lot of these kind of tips and ideas. And we talk about, there's a second video in there that's about microphones and you know, going through quick kind of three, three or four different type of mics and how you use them. So go definitely check out TechSmith Academy or academy.techsmith.com if anyone's interested in that. Um, so 
Jake, you know, I think there's we talked about this a little bit, right? We've got the we've got the settings, right? You got to get you got to get your space good. You got to you know, you can do your posts, but one of the concerns a lot of people have is something that you mentioned about I don't sound like the way I sound in my head. It's it's very different. And I think that's a, you know, I know it's it's really not about the microphone necessarily. It's maybe a little bit of environment, but I want to hear from you like what do you suggest to people? Because, you know, you got an Audiate customer coming to you and they're talking about audio, but they're like, ah, I just, but my voice, I just can't stand my, hearing my voice. What advice would you give them? And, and I want to preface this also with saying that I know my answer is oftentimes we'll get over it. And it's not really a fair answer because I have, I have long answer, done that. <laughs> I have long done that. So is there anything else you would suggest to people uh, be, short of just getting over it to help them yeah. deal with that situation? Well, I mean, you know, I can understand sort of, you know, how it becomes annoying, especially if you're editing yourself a lot. You're just like, I'm tired of hearing this guy. Like, I it's all day long, right? All day um, long. All day long. And, but, you know, there's a comfort to the fact that you should just know this is how everybody else hears you. And this is how, this is how you sound normal to everybody else. So it's not wild or different. Um, but part of the reason for like why we, we, we sound a little bit different, usually a little bassier is because the sound is bouncing around in our skulls, basically. Um, so, uh, you know, you can use some EQ to give your voice just a little bit more of that um, like low end and round off a little bit of um, more some of the high end and it will get you closer to kind of a mid ground of, of probably what you think you sound like and what you actually do sound like. Um, you also don't want to go too overboard with that because like I said, people know how you sound. And if you wildly change your voice through like a lot of EQing, you might actually sound weirder to your, to your viewer, or your listener, which of course is like, always keep them in mind, right? Yes. I, I don't, I, I want to make my editing experience less annoying. Maybe if I find the sound of my own voice annoying, but I still have to consider my, my audience as well. Yeah. Well, Great, great advice there. And Jake, I want to I, I, I want to hear in just a minute, go really talk about Audiate. But before we do that, any last tips or advice you would give about getting that, helping people to get a little bit better audio? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, one, uh, I love gear. So like, you know, take this advice with a grain of salt, but um, try different mics, honestly. Uh, you know, there's a ton of, of great go-to stuff out there, but you might just find that you like a certain one uh, more than another one. And honestly, recording and making content, make yourself comfortable. It, it will just make the whole process so much easier. So if you're happier with the results of a particular mic, you're going to probably just be less annoyed about the recording process. Um, so I've, I, like I said, this is I don't know, this is probably like my fourth or fifth mic I've had <laughs> used just for work in the last few years um, because I like to try different things and, and they, they all kind of sound a little bit different. Um, that's It is another thing to consider for your space. There are just a couple different types of microphones and some of them are better for certain situations than others. Uh, and they will also make you sound different. Some of them are actually very good at getting you closer to that sound that's in your head, usually broadcast microphones or dynamic microphones that you address really closely. And um, so there's lots, lots of advantages to just selecting the right stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, be experimental, get the right setup and, and really get to know your gear, even if you just have like a really simple, simple setup. 
Yeah, it's, it's really important. I know like I switched away from a USB microphone to one that goes through a mixer because I could add a little bit of bass. I could add, I could, it's a very simple mixer. It's not, it's like one input, but I could, it gave me just a little bit more control and I, I that actually made me feel better and I was getting much better sound. Plus it's a shotgun mic. So that's, I think that's really, really good advice. Um, Jake, before we go into the audio questions, what we want to do is we, we I, I mentioned this to you as we were prepping, but we've got our segment that we call our TechSmith High Five. So we're going to go into that right now. Let me just go ahead and bring that up. This week, it's Jewel Tolentino and how I edit my YouTube videos in Camtasia 2021. I, what is that, a pipe? Always improving, that's a bar. I don't know what we, I don't know the grammatical term for that symbol I should learn. Anyways, in this video, Jewel walks you through how she edits her videos in Camtasia, including cursor highlighting, webcam video, adjusting the appearance of your video, and all the little things she uses to fine tune her tutorials with Camtasia. Go check it out. And you might learn some new ways to do things in your own editing process. Part, I mean, part of this is for everybody, we just wanna highlight people who are doing stuff. And it doesn't have to be Camtasia. If you got something cool with Snagit, you got see somebody that's making something that's awesome, we'd love to hear about it. You can email us at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com or tag us on social. We wanna make sure we're, we're seeing and highlighting people who are doing cool stuff. So. It's uh, that's the key. So high five to Jewel and the work that she's doing. So and links are in the chat. Got to got to be careful where I put my hand. Boom. That's exactly that. a good editing trick. That is. <laughs> that's a great editing trick. That's a good place to cut. Yeah. So so Jake. Okay. So we've talked a lot about audio. I think there's a lot there, and it all starts there. But now TechSmith has gone, we've, we've developed a tool. And for those who've never maybe heard the words Audiate, sounds like maybe some other products that are out there. It's, it's got audio kind of clearly at the root of it. Give us the, the high level pitch. What is Audiate? Audiate is uh, basically the equivalent of Camtasia for video, but for audio. Uh, we wanted to make something that was just very approachable and simple to use and <clears throat> designed for um, people to be able to jump in and out of quickly and get really professional results and be able to grow within the application. But, but basically we wanted to kind of remove some of the pain of editing audio. It can be really tedious and um, we just saw a great opportunity to have something that was a companion, um, you know, that delivered a, a similar sort of experience uh, from Camtasia on the audio side. Okay, so it's gonna help me get better audio is what I'm taking away. It's simple, high level, simple version. How, how do, what are the unique ways it goes about doing that? Because I, I as a TechSmithy, as my shirt clearly says, <laughs> I, I love it. I use it all the time for, for probably not even the intended uses, but I use it for a lot of the things it can do. But like, what are the things you think is most valuable for someone coming into learning about it that they're gonna instantly see like, like success and opportunities to just be better? Yeah, well, I think the the real the clear thing there is the fact that we can um, basically, if you're familiar with editing text in a document, that's how Audiate works. So what I mean by that is we transcribe the audio, whether it's imported or recorded in the program, uh, into text that you can navigate and actually edit the audio by way of the text. Yeah. That's, which is which is amazing. If you've ever had to uh, edit audio, sometimes it's 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 a long process to look at things and watch it, right? Like yeah. listen, listen, listen. But to see where you make make mistakes, it's it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So you know, it's it's difficult to um, maybe sometimes know what an um looks like, 
but uh, you certainly know what it looks like when if somebody were to type it in a document or underline it or highlight it for you. And that's the same kind of experience we really wanted to bring to the audio editing side. Well, you know, I'm thinking about my experiences at TechSmith and how long we have, have had joked. I don't know, back 2008, nine joked. Wouldn't it be cool if you had an um filter? And yeah, right. you, you're, the team that you work with, the very smart engineers and developers that we work with built an um filter essentially, right? Like you can just yeah. see all the ums, the ahs, the pauses. And I, I and I love it because it's it's very easy for me to get lost in, in those and feel like they're really hard to edit. And is it worth yeah. taking it out? But I love in, in audio, I can just see it and it's easy for me to make that decision to keep it or to, to leave it. Yeah, well, and, and like most things, um, I would say almost all of the things that we do here uh, they're born out of um, talking to customers. And we really talked to a lot of users who were um, getting to a point where they were pretty advanced with Camtasia. And so they were pretty happy about what they were able to do in there. But, you know, the, the pain that a lot of them were repeating was just like, man, you know, I, I spend so much time editing mistakes out of my audio. Uh, finding ums and ahs in, in particular, or pauses or mouth clicks and um, you know, all this sort of stuff that you want to edit out that, um, back to the question we had earlier, like those distracting things, some of those things are very distracting for a listener. And so if you're concerned about that and you're editing that out and it's even a four or five minute clip, finding all the ums was just such an incredible time suck for so many users. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of where we first started. We we're like, well, if we could identify those really quickly and indicate them, um, you know, how, how much would that speed up the process of, of editing a clip of audio? Um, and then when you visualize the whole thing, uh, this, all the takes, the sentences, the words through the transcription, then it gives you the ability to really quickly run through and identify mistakes, repeated words, phrases you didn't like, maybe phrases you re-recorded, um, all those sorts of things that you would go through and do when you're editing uh, a waveform in an audio editor. Uh, we just really wanted to present that in a visual way that was quicker, quicker to scan and quicker to get results in. Yeah. So we've got a, a question from uh, Bill over on Facebook says, I like how, or it's more of a comment. Sorry. I like how it works with Camtasia. I simply generate audio and video, then edit and audiate. It's too easy. So there's a testimony right there for you. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let the engineers know to make it a little bit more annoying then. We'll, we'll, put, <laughs> we'll insert some of the hardness back. <laughs> Well, and, um, and Kenny yeah. asks this question, by any chance will Audi help with captions? I spend an enormous amount of time adding captions because so much of what my video have are technical words and acronyms. So from a captioning standpoint, this is actually one of my favorite things because I'm always posting little videos on social media and I want to be sensitive to, you know, our, you know, the, any com people in the community who may not be able to hear or have just issues with hearing or just they don't have the sound on. So talk to us a little bit about the captioning capability. Sure. Um, yeah. So we can generate um, captions uh, out of Audiate as a standard SRT file, which can be then imported in Camtasia. And that also contains all the timing information. So uh, the captions would come up on the caption track in Camtasia timed out with the video, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot more that we're still trying to do in terms of the accuracy uh, you know, in the question, they mentioned technical terms. Um, you know, we get this a lot in the tech space, in the medical space, fintech, all that, all that sort of stuff. 
there's a lot of words and verbiage that are very specific that uh, a standard speech to text engine is just not going to know what to do with those. So we're still working on some of that stuff. Um, we want to uh, introduce some improvements there. It is a learning engine though. So it, it does, it is getting smarter over time. Uh, and so uh, once we add some of these uh, features in about user libraries and sharing information back to the speech to text engine, uh, we'll be able to improve uh, some of that technical stuff over time and maybe even allow users to have like a, a local highly specialized uh, library that we can also reference. Yeah, I, I know as I use Audi, I, uh, I, I'm not the clearest speaker. As anyone who's listened to the show knows, I sometimes get excited, I go fast. And I, I blur my words together, and it's been it's been interesting to see what uh, any speech to text engine <laughs> that's uh, so true <laughs> thinks I'm saying. However, I, I love the fact that when I'm in Audi, uh, and this is going to become a love fest, Jake. I'm just going to tell you all the things I love about <laughs> it. Uh, you can, and again, the developers. Uh, I'm so impressed with all the things they can do. But I love that I can go in. Well, I feel I like I'm a bit here to accept the award for them. You know, that's I'm the right. Guy who comes up on stage temporarily? <laughs> who did none of the work? And all the engineers. Yeah, well, I'll present them the trophy later. That's right. They'll they'll get it later on sometime. But but I love that I can select words. Right. I love that I can easily, even if it's not perfect, it gets me it gets me pretty close, and I I don't have to spend. You know, it's still a little bit of work to make those changes, and but I, I love that 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 I can do that, and it gives me because again, my option is either no SRT, no transcription, or one that's eighty percent, or I can correct it pretty easily because again, I'm doing like a minute or two gets me there so fast, and I, I think that's just awesome. And I, I noticed, uh, I'm trying to decide whether I could like I don't know what what's in the internal build versus not. <laughs> I just uh, realized. I mean, typically if it's on internal, it's coming soon. So feel free to, well, feel free the, to the, talk about the transcript, the, like that not only is an SRT, but I can get like the text file that is like more like a word because SRT files for anyone who doesn't know SRT files, it, they're broken up by time mm -hmm. and it's really hard to work with. Like if you want to pull that into like a blog post or yeah. uh, a, a it's, social it's post. It's definitely not for that. Right. It's, it's, you could do it. It would be a lot of copy paste and it would be a mess or a lot of deleting of numbers and extra symbols and things like that. But so I love that, that the text file is there now too, because sometimes I, you know, you said, somebody said something like in this show, like if we have a guest, somebody will have said something and I just want to grab that. And so I, I love the, the, the variety of options in that front too. Yeah. That's a good thing to mention that I forgot about. Um, it, you know, as you as you said, like a lot of people and even like I'm doing sort of right now as I'm thinking um, I, when I, I'm just speaking off the cuff, sometimes I'll smash words together and stuff like that. So um, working with uh, a speech to text engine as you're sort of making your audio does actually has imbued some habits on me. I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but I certainly speak a little slower and clearer now, which is especially when I'm making voiceover for video, which has actually improved the pacing and the clarity of those videos like a lot. Um, so there is something to be said there, but also, uh, you know, it does help with the, um, the accuracy of the, the transcription. But even if you, even if the transcript is wrong, you brought up a, a great um, little feature that I, I sort of forgot about is that you can change it. It's really easy just to, to change the, the, um, the transcript side of things. It doesn't change the word of audio, of course, like if you just type in the, in the transcript, but 
um, just getting that right if you are going to export it for a video. Uh, it's super easy to do. And you can uh, combine words and split words in just in case things maybe got too tight and it thought that two words were one word. It's really easy to split those things out. It's really easy to do the opposite of that, to combine a couple things into one word. Um, so yeah, you can, you can dial the transcript in pretty quickly, again, because it's just clicking on something, changing a word, much just like in a text document. So like I feel like everybody's skill level is to be really fast at that, and we just really wanted to put the power of audio editing sort of in that realm. Yeah. Well, to, to your point, Jake, you said that it's giving you some better habits. It feels like the things that you mentioned, your, your pacing, kind of speaking clearly, are all going back to the first half of the show, right? Like totally. it's all the things that we should be doing anyway, but it's easy to not. It's easy for yeah. me to just get excited on this show and go on, right? Like, ah, I, and I, I go faster and I, I slur my words or I get, you know, just so excited I'm, I'm blending words together. So I, so I love that point that it's, even though it's not its purpose, it's not meant to be teaching you those things, but because of the way it outputs, it's, you're realizing you have to make those changes. So yeah, um, I, th I think there are a couple things that are are similar in that one of them is is sort of when you see things and experience, you know, how the transcript comes in, especially when you're live recording, you almost get immediate feedback as to how accurate uh, you're speaking and it, it helps sort of pace your your whole dialogue. Um, and then the second thing that I that changed a lot of the way that I was doing this is just um, just keep recording. You can just keep recording. And if you didn't like how that last few seconds go, you just back it up and say it again. Because it's really easy to see like, oh, I repeated this section five times. I know that my fifth take is probably the last one because I decided to move on there. But I can really quickly listen to each one of those sentences. And again, just by deleting the ones that I don't want, I'm left with the audio and the transcript that I, that I actually want. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, we may have talked about this already, Jake, but I want to make sure we get clarity on it. Kenny on YouTube is asking, uh, so can it learn uh, with dictionary features or something else? So obviously if it's not like I, the word it never gets right out of the gate, I know is TechSmith. It thinks Texas ish or, you know, it, get, yeah. it never gets TechSmith right. So is Audi able to learn if I put in kind of making these changes, these words, or how does, how is that going to work? Yeah, so our plan is to uh, do that. Um, the only reason we're not doing that right now is because we just haven't, quite, quite frankly, gotten around to the option of letting users opt out of sharing this information back with the speech-to-text engine. So um, we're working to put that feature in there, and then we'll either default it to on or off. I, I can't quite remember. But in, the engine does have the capability to learn. It's just at the moment we're not sharing anything back um, because we wanted to give people the option to have that privacy setting. And we're working on that privacy setting. And so as soon as that's done, um, you'll be able to share back. And theoretically, then it will learn. Uh, and you'll be connected to sort of the global learning of that of that engine, too, from other users. So, so Jake, obviously, I, and I'm sure we're missing some of the, the features in Audi. It's not, we're not meant to go through all of them. But I'm curious, as, as you're looking ahead with the, the, the development team, you know, it's got some core functionality. It's I, like, I, like I said, I use it all the time, but where, where is it going? Like, what, what are you hoping for in the next, you know, we'll say six months or maybe even a year? What kind of things can users expect from, from Audiate looking ahead? Yeah, well, I think the team's made a tremendous amount of progress, um, 
you know, we this product is a continuous release and we do uh, force updates. And we do that because we're really trying to get as much value into the hands of our users as possible as fast as we can. So pretty much as we finish baking something, um, we test it on, we throw it on an internal build for a couple of weeks and kick it around. And if we feel good about it, we release it. Um, and so it's a pretty exciting product to be able to work on because we have tons of ideas and we actually, we don't need to wait very long once things are done in order to release them. A couple of things that we are working on um, that we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, I'll, so I'll go back to, uh, you know, speaking uh, clearly and, and the transcript and uh, just going back to even scripting the pre-production comment that I made earlier. We do want to go in that direction as well and allow users to create a script and audiate to use it as sort of a, a, a workspace to collect thoughts uh, and then uh, read those thoughts back, uh, you know, through uh, the speech to text engine. So we kind of just want to add a little bit of a scripting feature on top of the recording feature. So it's like completing another part of the job of, of creating voice over audio, which is like, you know, putting all those things in one place. Um, the other thing, of course, is what's the relationship of what I just did to edit my audio to maybe a video? Um, and, you know, obviously this is this product is meant to work with Camtasia. So what what happens when I re-import, um, which, by the way, you can it's probably good to know that you can export audio from a Camtasia video to Audiate and send it back to Camtasia. Um, but right now, we're just passing back and forth the audio, which is still a decent little time saver, but you're still going to have the same problem that you would using any other external audio program, which is, well, now I, gotta, I have to sync my video back to my audio edits. And an advantage of us, of course, having both of these products, and we actually built them on a very uh, similar backend, was so we could have a relationship between uh, the way that they work. And so I think a, a huge thing for, for our users in the future is we want to be able to reflect the edits of the audio in the video in Camtasia. So being able to pass projects back and forth um, and actually like affect the video, cut the video to the audio, or even uh, stretch the audio uh, to the video. So those are the, the kind of the two workflows and options we're thinking of. Um, so that you can send things back and forth and reflect changes to things so that you're not you're cutting down on your um, edit time in Camtasia of having to tie these two things back together, which of course I think be just a massive time saver and really just a huge piece of value for people who are using both of these things and, and sort of have that workflow going. Yeah, I mean, how awesome will that be? I know we often talk about on this show in the TechSmith Academy, we're very much driven by script uh, script first, right? Develop, do your audio first. Um, but I, I love this idea eventually because I do like this show is live. We, you know, I've done presentations where I've recorded them and then, you know, have to go edit them. And uh, I would, I look forward to that when I can make the round trip from both directions. And, and, you know, it's yeah. easy when I just do my audio first and I, and audio is wonderful that for that, but I, I look forward to that day. That will yep. be super yeah. exciting. I am the same way. I, 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 well, learned that from you, actually, <laughs> you know, when you were preaching that years ago, when I first started here, um, you know, you doing your audio first is great. Sometimes it's just like, this just doesn't happen all the time. Um, sometimes I'm trying to do something where I actually want to be in sync. If I'm trying to record maybe a tutorial or something like that, that I'm not ultra familiar with, um, and so it's a little bit harder to script it out. It's like a thing, an action maybe I have to do while I'm talking about it. 
Um, so being able to send that and round trip it, I think is a huge time saver. Um, but also, you know, we, it, it kind of introduces this idea that um, Audiate could actually be sort of your rough cut booth, meaning, you know, if you record video and audio together, the first thing you do is subtractively edit in Audiate and clean up the sound. Uh, so, you know, you're cutting out the dead stuff in both the visuals and the audio, and you're shipping that back to Camtasia and using Camtasia as more of like the additive editing. You're putting your transitions in, your lower thirds. So like the workflow, um, you could see a, a, a pretty nice time saving across the entire workflow and really just be able to use each tool to like its absolute strength. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Jake, this, is, this has been just awesome overview and we'd recommend anyone who's watching or listening if you haven't checked out audiate uh give us a little details uh, we go to work where, where can we find it is there a free trial can i buy it what does it look like yeah absolutely so free trial um no credit card required so it's really easy to jump into uh we attach it to your TechSmith account um so a uh, seven-day trial uh, includes unlimited transcription and use of all the different, the various plugins and audio enhancements that are in there. Um, so you can really get a taste of, you know, what the product can do for you. Um, I always kind of encourage people to try to use like a real, try to do something real in it and see how it fits into your workflow. Because like you said, it's a it's a young product and, and you use it in ways. Um, I know sometimes you do like ideation for scripts in there, right? So um yeah, find out how, see how it works in your workflow. Um, you know, use it with Camtasia videos. Uh, but yeah, just, it's a, it's absolutely a product you sort of have. Like, I'm sure there are people who are like, I have literally no idea what this guy has been talking about. Like, what is transcript-based editing? You just, it's just like one of those things you got to check out. Um, so yeah, we really encourage people to go to the trial, which of course you can find on TechSmith.com. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're not done quite yet because we're gonna we're gonna move on to our, our speed round. Jake, thank you so much for answering all these questions. Uh, Absolutely, you know, my pleasure. Lots of lots of great discussion in the chat today. But before we wrap up, we're gonna move on to our speed round. All right. Again, for our our audience listening and watching, and Jake, this these are meant to be short, quick, fast answers. Uh, not necessarily limited to one word, but we'll keep try to keep them short. So, <laughs> first one is, uh, you know, as someone who follows you on Twitter, I'm going to ask you this question: best pair of shoes that you own? Oh, best pair of shoes that I own. Check this out. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, wow. Just got some new low top Air Jordan ones, uh, UNCs. Loving these guys right now. Best pair of shoes is always like the the last pair I just bought. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe maybe just a few. So okay, yeah. N- another fun question for you. Premier League is about to to start. Uh, Man City is defending champions, and who is going to win it this year? And why is it not Tottenham? Well, it's not Tottenham because it's not Tottenham. It's <laughs> just like perennially we will we will probably weirdly come close, but in my lifetime, I don't know. Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, uh, usually one of the clubs with the most money, which unfortunately is not Spurs. So I'd say Man City or Chelsea. All right. All right. Okay. So if you have a magic wand and I know you get to ask customers these types of questions all the time. This is my question. (laughs) If you have a magic wand and could have any capability in Audiate right now, what would it be? No promises that we're going to do this, but what, what would you want in there? I really... Like, okay, the 
editing the video side is like a given. Everybody wants that. I the scripting and then potentially like teleprompting the script and being able to then uh, jump in and re-record a small section of that script with a punch in and a punch out that we do automatically. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry, it's really cool. That's right. That's awesome. That that would be very awesome. In fact, there was a comment from Jane Davis asking maybe if there would be eventually a teleprompter type feature. So I might have to talk to Jane. Um, We know you love music and your bio talked about you're an audiophile. Uh, What's hot on the playlist right now? Um, man, I, this is like kind of embarrassing that I don't, I'm, I never have an answer for these questions. Cause like, I just listen to, it just, it totally depends. So yeah, right now, uh, really I'm listening to a lot of minimal techno while I work. So it's a great music just to kind of like zone in and just write. And so if I've got a lot of, a lot of content to create minimal techno. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, your last last question uh, really for for you is where do you turn for inspiration, Jake? Oh my gosh. Um, like in general? Yeah. For work, for whatever. Wow. I mean, where, where Matt, are you looking? I didn't know we were going to have like serious life it's, questions here in the lightning round. <laughs> it's my Oprah moment, right? <laughs> Man, it is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I, I like follow some really interesting people on Instagram, like art, visual artists. Um, it, that's such a, like a wild medium right now for art. Uh, and so it's a really cool place to go. And I can just like scroll endlessly through uh, like lists of various artists and things like that, that are just doing the coolest, most fearless stuff. And that's, that's just like really, really inspirational. Yeah. Well, I love that kind of stuff because, you know, even though it doesn't seem like it applies, we can, we can, the idea, again, the idea is to be inspired, right? Like, yeah. To, to lose find ourselves. Find the weirdos. Yeah. You're like, you always find the weirdos on platforms who are like bending the rules a little bit. Um, and that's exactly what a ton of visual artists are, are always sort of doing uh, on platforms like Instagram, using stories and like using the carousel and things like that in really interesting ways. And it makes me think about like how even how I frame my content for work, which is really dry stuff comparatively. But when I think about how they present ideas and visuals, it's like that stuff you can absolutely take inspiration from and even make a PowerPoint deck slightly more interesting for your audience, which is a huge favor to them. You should never skimp on it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So the last question, really, we get to flip things around here, Jake, and you get to ask me, what's, what's one question you would like to ask me? Oh my gosh. Um, if you could, would you, uh, would you rock the beard? Uh, I mean, I, I have rocked the beard. Uh, you know, I'm actually like going, I'm kind of feeling good smooth right now. Uh, okay. you know, there's a lot behind the decision here that to yeah. go beardless, but, um, right now I don't miss it. Uh, and I think there, there are times I think about it would be, it's just e- like, honestly, it's easier. It's way easier to have a beard. It's just way less maintenance yeah. than shaving every couple days or every other day. Um, but like, I'm, I'm probably not too eager to go back. Uh, but I think here, here's the secret and you know, this is probably way, way too much for a Texas show to share, but I think what makes a difference is getting healthier and losing some weight. It makes yeah. me feel way more comfortable in my own skin and the beard was just an easy way to, to hide, you know, a, a bunch of pounds. 
So here's a way better question. If you have just a moment, yeah. What are your like? What's your running goal? What do you want to hit? So yeah. So for those who don't know, I, I started running for my birthday, which seems like a stupid time to start running. But I was like, I'm getting There's older. There's never Let's... a non-stupid time to start running, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. So right now, I'm aiming for a 10k. Um, just just to do it, I'm at four and a half. So 10k is about what six six miles ish. Yeah, six point two yeah. miles. Yep. Uh, so I I just did a seven k, so I'm building my way up. So hopefully by end of summer I can do that. I don't have a speed goal or time goal. Just can I endure <laughs> that long? And I'm yeah. not insane like you. I have a way to carry my phone that's not in my hand without a case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. If anybody is unclear, I am a wild man, and I never put a case on my phone ever. Because this is the way it was designed and meant to be enjoyed. That's right. And well, so I was running with it just in my hand the other day, which was not my best decision, but it, it worked out. I have a utility belt. I call it's a it's a fanny pack. Let's be. Let's, I'm sorry for our, our UK friends. I know that's not the way to a it's a bum a bag. Hip, a bum bag, hip belt, yeah. hip belt, whatever it is, whatever you like to yeah. call it, wherever you are. So no, that's it's a great question and. Uh, Thanks for asking, because uh, it's. I've actually. I thought I hated running, and I don't necessarily love running, but I'm. I'm finding now that I'm actually in more shape. It's. It's kind of. It can be a nice, enjoyable. I had a really good experience just running and thinking, and uh, some had some clarity about some things. That was was a really cool experience. Uh, I think it was just really the endorphins kicking in. My brain was saying like, "You're gonna die. You might as well have some thoughts." <laughs> <laughs> Here's some things to think about. So. <laughs> Well, Jake, thank you so much for spending some time with us talking about audio, talking about Audiate. I hope everyone uh, goes, checks out Audiate if you haven't had a chance. I, you know, I think, I feel like we might have missed a little bit talking about all the sweetening stuff that it can do. It can really do a lot of cool stuff, but we want to thank you for your time and we look forward to you and the, the rest of the team and seeing all the cool things Audiate can do here in the near future. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited. We, we can't wait. We've got a lot of stuff in the hopper, so. Awesome. Well, thanks to Jake and thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. We're so grateful for all of you. Again, if you learned anything during this, you got something out of it, go ahead and share that. Put it on LinkedIn. If you're looking for one single platform, go to LinkedIn, tag Matthew Pierce. You can find me or you can tag TechSmith. We'd love to be able to respond to your, your comment, what you learned. We'd love to see it just to know that you're, you're learning stuff from these episodes. But you know, wherever you are in your process, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're trying to get better at, whether it's a video or audio, using images, whatever you're doing, we hope you take just a little bit of time every single day and level up. We'll see you all next time here on the Visual Lounge. <laughs>